On today's Winning Cures Everything, we're diving into the FBS independents, and there's only four of them this year. Notre Dame, Army, UConn, and UMass, of course. We got a lot to talk about with these guys. So, let's go on and jump into it. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. All right, let's get to it. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. This is Winning Cures Everything, episode number 33. It is the Tuesday, June 15th edition of the show. And like I said earlier, we are going over the FBS independents. There's only four of them. Uh, the show, by the way, brought to you each and every time out by BetUS. It is America's favorite online sports book. I'm telling you, go check it out. There's a link in the description. You can get signed up for free. You will get $50 to play with. Just go ahead and knock yourself out. Go and knock yourself out. That'll be good. BetUS.com is where the game begins. Of course, let me go on and tell you, we're coming back. The BetUS College Football Show, June 21st. That is the first show we're doing early game previews. So go ahead and make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. There's a link in the description for that one as well. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start off with the FBS Independents. We'll start with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Last season, 9-4 and four in Marcus Freeman's first year. Uh, it didn't start out well. Remember, he lost his bowl game, lost the first two games. He was 0-3 uh, as the head coach of Notre Dame in his first three games. But things quickly picked up after that. Let's go on and pull it up on your screen here so you can see what I'm looking at. 7.81 and 4.19 was their overall post-game win expectancy last season. So they were expected to win about eight games, and they did. They won eight games. They were 7-6 and six against the spread uh, this year. Projected record, 9.07 and 2.93. Now, okay, uh, ig ignore that conference record that I've got up there. They were not 1-2 and two in their – they're not in a conference – uh, you look at the overall numbers, they were not explosive on offense. Uh, they weren't great at stopping explosive plays on defense. But this team was incredibly efficient last season. Just good gracious. Uh, number 65 in returning production, they're bringing back over 62%. Uh, and this is adjusted returning production. So they've got guys that are coming in that have experience, right? Uh, we'll talk about that on defense for sure here in just a minute. Uh, the offense, number 94 in adjusted returning production. So... You lose guys like Buckner and Pine, who were all of your quarterback stuff, but then you replace them with Hartman. Uh, you're losing running back Logan Diggs. Uh, you lose tight end Michael Mayer. Like it, That's a lot of production. Just a lot of production right there. Um, and then, of course, on defense, number 26. So you were expecting a really, really good defensive effort out of this bunch this year, uh, almost 73% adjusted returning production. Uh, again, number 26 in the country. Let's start off with... Offense. You got Sam Hartman coming in from Wake Forest. Uh, he's going to replace Pine, who went to Arizona State, and Buckner, who went to Alabama. They were next to last in the explosiveness. I just brought that up. Uh, the question that we've got this season with Sam Hartman coming in is can the wide receivers, Thomas and Merriweather, who people have been raving about this spring, uh, can those guys change that? Are they explosive enough? Can they get down the field to be able to do that? Uh, one of the issues that you might have is your new offensive coordinator 
is uh, Gerard Parker, right? It, you tried to go out and get some some big name guys, Andy Ludwig, et cetera, and you couldn't get it done, so you had to promote from within. And the connection here between Marcus Freeman and Parker is, of course, uh, Parker was the Purdue interim head coach when Freeman was on staff back in 2016. So there is some connection there. Uh, but Parker was the OC at West Virginia in 2020 and 2021. They were number 85 in yards per play in 2020. And then they got worse, number 92 in 2021. So they were somewhat efficient, eh, but not not a great overall offense, um, which is why he was the tight ends coach at Notre Dame, right? He had the connection. Uh, has he learned enough? Can he can he replace uh, or not replace? Can he can he learn from his mistakes in the past and be a better offense coordinator? That is yet to be determined, but we shall see. Uh, they're returning both tackles and the center. They're losing both guards, so that sucks. But you do have, uh, you do at least have talent at that position. Uh, you're losing your offensive line coach that had been there forever. So we'll see what the offensive line looks like. But we're still expecting a pretty strong OL. Uh, then, of course, you've got the running back, Audric Estime. Estime. If I if I pronounce it wrong, y'all forgive me. Just forgive me. Um, the question here is, of course, who replaces the tight end? Michael Mayer. They kind of relied on that. Now, maybe if you're going to a different offensive scheme, you don't have to worry about that as much. I still expect them to lean on the running game this year. They were number 20 in rushing success last year, uh, but only number 57 in passing success. Now, some of that had to do with the limitations of the quarterback. Uh, maybe that's fixed with Hartman coming in. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, moving over to the defense. Al Golden in his second season. Uh, remember, he he had not been in college football since 2016 before last season. So you got a year under your belt. The defense really picked up. Uh, you look at PPA per drive for the defense last season. They were number 32 there, uh, but really good in the secondary. Number seven in passing success. They weren't great at stopping the run. Number 70 in defensive rushing success allowed. Uh, you, you win nine games when you're allowing teams to run that successfully against you. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Ohio State transfer Javante Jean Baptiste should help that defensive line quite a bit. Uh, the secondary and the linebacking cores are expected to be awesome. Like you've got to limit the explosive plays. They were number 88 uh, in that explosive play rate allowed. Um, you know, overall defense was was good. Like they were pretty good. Again, number 32 PPA per drive. Um, we expect that to improve. We expect the rush defense to improve this year. Uh, they were number 43 in third down conversions, uh, third down conversion percentage for the defense. I expect them to be a little bit better this year. You got key players coming back, uh, Jaden Taylor. You got the offensive tackles. Of course, I mentioned Alton Fisher. You got Sam Hartman coming in. Uh, the running back, you got cornerback Ben Morrison, linebacker J.D. Bertrand. Uh, you're losing Isaiah Foskey on the defensive line, along with Ademiola. I think said that totally wrong, and I apologize, but regardless, you know who I'm talking about. And then you lose the cornerback, Bracey. Um, I, I still think the secondary is going to be awesome this year. Just a guess. Uh, their luck rank last year was number 74. They weren't the luckiest team. You look at that turnover margin, number 87 last year. That needs to improve. You can't beat yourself over and over. Um, let's talk about keys to the season here. Oh, they're projected favorites, by the way, in 10 games. The win total is sitting at nine. Nine even. So you look at the schedule, I mean, it is... It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Uh, you you start out with a couple that you should win, and then you go to NC State. 
that's a tricky, tricky situation. Um, but let's let's talk about the keys to the season here. Is the defense good enough if the offense doesn't click? Uh, maybe it is. I mean, it definitely was last year. Uh, but I don't think you've got as many tools to be able to rely on if the quarterback isn't firing with those wide receivers, right? You don't have as much depth as you did. Uh, does Sam Hartman fix your turnover issue? Maybe. Uh, but he was known to have some crazy games with like three-plus interceptions. Now, part of that might have been how much they were throwing the ball uh, while he was at Wake Forest. But regardless, uh, we've seen Hartman have success running the claw offense, right? Dave Clawson's offense, that slow mesh at, um, at Wake Forest. Is this a guaranteed home run? Like in, in Parker's offense, are they going to take enough risks? Like they were number 121 in fourth down attempts per game last year. They took basically no risks and still won nine games, which is mind-blowing. Uh, they've been looking for playmakers at wide receiver for years. This is a key. Are Jaden Thomas and Tobias Merriweather going to be those guys? Like they, we think they could be. They look fast enough. They appear to be fast enough. Let's see what they do in actual games. And then, of course, another key here, schedule and depth issues. Uh, it, it looks like they could be something that rears their ugly head towards the middle of the season here. Uh, if you can keep everybody healthy, for sure. The starters are some of the best in the country. Uh, but after that, it's it's kind of eh. the toughest slate here, or maybe the key slate to see what Notre Dame's season is going to be. At week two, which technically the third game of the season for them, uh, you get at NC State, right? Uh, okay. And here, I'll take myself off the screen so you can actually see everything here. But uh, at NC State, it's going to be tough. But look at weeks four through seven. This is where you're going to tell what your season is going to be. Ohio State at home, and then at Duke, at Louisville, and USC. The Blue Devils and the Cardinals are not just pushovers. Like, you you could get beat there if you're not taking those games seriously. Uh, we saw it with Marshall last year for Notre Dame. So, same thing with Stanford, right? You, somehow this team lost at home to Stanford, but blew out Clemson by three touchdowns. I don't get it, but either way. At the ceiling for this team, I've got a loss to Clemson. I've got a loss to USC. I've got a loss to Ohio State. I've got a loss to NC State. Now, those losses can be anywhere on the schedule at this point. I I believe that this team goes under, and it's juiced to the under. Minus 130 over at BetUS right now. Uh, I've got them at 8-4. and four. The ceiling for this team, I think, is 11-1. and one. Uh, But the floor, I think, is probably 7-5. and five. I still think there's enough talent. Uh, that even if you lose the four that I said they do, uh, you could lose one more in there somewhere, whether it's Pitt, Duke, Louisville, whatever. Uh, you could certainly see that happening. And then from there, I mean, we will we'll just have to see what happens. But yes, I've got eight and four for Notre Dame in year two of the Marcus Freeman era. Maybe they make another offensive line, sorry, excuse me, another offensive coordinator change after this. We'll have to see. We will certainly have to see. But I do like the team. I like the direction they're going, especially recruiting. I just don't know that they're going to be great this season. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, 
and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Next up, we got the Army Black Knights. Of course, Jeff Munkin heading into his 10th season. This one might be a little more difficult. Let's bring it up on the screen, show you what we're looking at. They went 6-6 six and six last season. Their postgame win expectancy, though, was 7.15 and 4.85. If you remember at the beginning of last season, they were kind of throwing the ball all over the yard, and they it eventually switched back to what they know best, their bread and butter, right? Uh, rushing success last year was number 29. Their PPA per drive on offense, predicted points added per drive on offense, was number 27. Not bad. What was bad was the defense. Number 86 PPA per drive. They were number 118 in rushing and passing success allowed. Not great overall. They've, they're number 72 in adjusted returning production, right? So a little over 61% coming back overall. Number 87 on offense, number 54 on defense. Their projected record based on win probabilities thus far. Uh, the Looking at you know all the stats, all the returning pro- uh, production, et cetera, uh, it's 5.87 and 6.13. So let's start off with the offense. Let's talk about what this team has got going, what they don't. They brought in a new offensive coordinator. Jeff Munkin is trying to change things around on offense and try something different because obviously the cut block rules have been changed. We've talked about that on the show. Uh, if you haven't, just go Google it. Uh, college football cut block rule changes. It's all over the place. So anybody that was running the triple, it's a little more difficult now, right? It's it's more difficult to be able to do that same thing. Thatcher was the OC at Nebraska Kearney, and they liked to run the football, but they had a pretty efficient passing game as well. It was just a different way of going about uh, the option. This team, they're going to need a quarterback. You're going to have to come up with some kind of a quarterback here. They, they lost their quarterbacks, Tyler Ballard and Jones. Uh, you lost the center, Connor Bishop. You lost on defense your defensive back Bruton, uh, the defensive lineman Bonsu, and of course your outside linebacker Andre Carter, the second. So, eh, kind of an issue. Again, returning production is not bad, number 72, especially for a service academy. Uh, but when you look at offense, you've got to find a quarterback to run Thatcher's scheme. If you're going to be efficient passing the ball, you got to have a quarterback that's capable of doing that. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Bryson Daly is, is the guy. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll have to pay attention. They lost 98% of their pass attempts from last season. So, obviously, they're still going to rely heavily on the run game. They do return 57% of their rushing yards from last year. Uh, but that passing game, you know, they're wanting to kind of change things up. Isaiah Austin, wide receiver, 6'4", 195. He averaged 17 yards per attempt last year. That should help whoever is a quarterback. So the offense, you're going to get a lot of the same but it's going to look differently uh, than it has before, right? That's that's the biggest issue here. Um, that Their explosiveness last year was number 114. That's just not awesome. Uh, they still run a low number of plays. They're, they try and be incredibly efficient. I get it. Moving over to the defense here. Uh, they did a good job of not allowing the explosive plays. Number 10 in the country in explosive play rate allowed. Uh, but they were number 122 in overall defensive success rate. 
that's not good. Again, number 118 in both rushing and passing success allowed. They lost 40% of their tackles for loss. Uh, Nate Woody, who is the D.C., he was the D.C. for Paul Johnson's last season at Georgia Tech. It's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's been at Army since 2020. Uh, the secondary, I think, can be a strength here for Cam Jones and, and Jabari Moore, guys like that. Linebacking core is experienced. They got Carlo and Lowen back. Uh, they need the defensive line to step up. You got to be able to stop the run if you're going to run this kind of an offense, right? Um, key players, I mentioned Jones and and Moore, the cornerbacks, uh, the linebacker, Lowen, uh, the running backs, Riley Buchanan and Austin are going to be big. Bryson Daly, I think, is going to be the guy at quarterback. Obviously, we'll have to see. Uh, their luck ranking last year was awful, just awful. They didn't get to go to a bowl game last year because they had two wins over FCS teams. You got the same issue this year on the calendar. Uh, looking at the schedule, you got two FCS schools. Like, I don't know. I, I'm a little, I'm a little wary of this. They're projected favorites in five games. They got five toss-ups, and a toss-up to me is any game that is uh, projected to be within one score, right? Any from eight points all the way down to you know a pick 'em. Those are toss-ups to me. Uh, their luck ranking being 115 last year is pretty mind-blowing considering the turnover margin was number 36. They were good at taking care of the ball. Uh, the ball just happened to bounce the wrong way for them several times. What goes into the luck ranking? Injury luck, turnover luck, uh, field goals, you know, field position, stuff like that, right? It's it's all over the place. Let's talk about keys to the season right quick. Heading into Munkin's 10th season, and here we'll, we'll hide me for a minute so you can read it on your screen heading into its 10th season it's refresh time uh for the offense due to cut black or cut block rule changes uh they've got to find a quarterback i mentioned that uh thatcher led the number five rushing offense in d2 they were still really efficient in the passing game they got to get stops on the defense front seven is going to be incredibly important uh if you can't stop the run you're going to give up big pass plays like it's it, you you won't be able to do what you did last year uh, only five opponents projected lower than 77th in SP+. This schedule is tough. It is incredibly tough. Uh, they need seven wins if they beat both FCS teams. I don't think that they can get there this year. Uh, the toughest part of their schedule, if you look at it. Um, I have it this, not the toughest part. The key part of the schedule is weeks 9 through 12. You've got UMass, Air Force, Holy Cross, and Coastal Carolina. If you want to make it to a bowl game, you probably need to win at least three of those. I don't know that they can do that. So my guess here is I've got them going five and seven. The win total sits at six. Uh, the over is minus 120. The under is minus 110. I'm going with the under. I'm going five and seven. I think their ceiling is eight and four. They can surprise some teams on here. Uh, can they beat UTSA or Syracuse? Yes. Could they beat Boston College? Uh, or maybe even Troy, yes. Can you beat Air Force or Coastal Carolina? Probably. Uh, so if the ceiling is eight and four, the floor is three and nine. Like there's a chance that some of these that I have as wins at ULM, at Terry Bowden surprises a lot of teams. Uh, UMass, does Don Brown's defense figure out a way to stop the option? Uh, Navy, they've got a lot better returning production than Army does. Uh, new head coach, do they inject some life into that program? We'll see. We will see. So I'm I am not bullish on Army this season. Uh, I think you're going to see some growing pains early. But overall, it'll be about what you expect from Army, and then 
And then we'll go from there. So yeah, five and seven for Army uh, for me. The UMass Minutemen, year two of Don Brown's second stint as the head coach here. Whew, and it looks rough this season. Let's go on and pull it up on the screen so you can see exactly what we're looking at. They went 1-11 and 11 last year. Post-game win expectancy had them at 1.69 and 10.31 last year. So that's definitely not great. Uh, they lose cornerback Josh Wallace just recently uh, to Michigan. That's not good. Uh, their returning production is still number 30. Over 69%, almost 70% adjusted returning production. So they did bring in quite a few guys. Uh, but you look at those numbers on offense. Number 130 in PPA per drive on offense. Uh, number 130 in rushing success. Number 130 in passing success. They were number 113 in offensive explosiveness. Uh, and on top of that, they couldn't take care of the ball. Number 84 in turnover margin. Uh, they weren't good at, at not beating themselves when it comes to penalties. So number 126 in penalties per game. I mean, it was it was brutal last year. So let's go on and talk about uh, the offense to start off with. Let's talk about this. Steve Kasula, he was the offensive coordinator at Ferris State before he joined Michigan as an offensive analyst, and then he uh, followed Don Brown over to over to UMass, right? So he, I think he went to Arizona as well. Uh, or no, no, no. Keith Dudzinski uh, has followed Don Brown everywhere. But Kasula, like, you know, he was at Michigan. Uh, the offense was next to last in both rushing and passing success rate. Only averaged 12.5 points per game. They brought in transfer quarterback uh, Tyson Fomachon, uh, who was at Clemson and then went to UConn, and now he's at UMass, right? Didn't get to play last year. Uh, at least I believe that's correct. I think he was at UConn before that. But either way, they brought in some transfer wide receivers as well, a bunch of new guys, Wells, Simpson, etc. They were four passing touchdowns to 14 interceptions last year. That ain't great. Now, some positive, they do return four starting offensive linemen. They lose the left tackle Longman, uh, but multiple transfer run, uh, running backs and wide receivers is going to be the key, along with whoever ends up winning this quarterback job. They got to be more efficient. They got to create explosive plays uh, you, and take care of the ball. Like, what else can you say about this? Like, this is this is rough, uh, which we've gone long on on the two before this. It probably not going to be as long on this one. Defense, Keith Dudzinski, uh, he's followed Brown's last three stops. He was uh, at Michigan. He was at Arizona. Now he's at UMass as the D.C. Teams ran the ball 60% of the time on UMass last year. Now, they were number 54 in rushing success allowed. That's pretty good. Uh, but they were number 121 in rushing explosiveness allowed. Uh, number 131 in passing explosiveness allowed. Uh, number 123 overall. That's not great. The secondary only allowed 175 yards per game. Uh, but man, was that just awful run defense? Or was it, you know, the fact that the secondary was pretty good? They're not going to be as good this year without Josh Wallace or without Tanner Davis. I know that. Um, they did bring in several transfers to help, you know, build up the overall talent. Their luck rank last year was bad. It was number 99. Again, luck has to do with turnovers, injuries, um, field goals, et cetera, right? Just a lot of stuff that goes into that. They're only projected favorites in one game. There's four toss-ups on the schedule, and that's games that I project would be within a score, like the, the point spread. I don't feel good about this team this year. I just don't. Let me move me off the, off the screen, and I'll tell you the keys to the season. Uh, the hope isn't necessarily to make a bowl game 
two wins would be an improvement. Um, turnovers and penalties have to improve, period. They're already bad. You can't beat yourself, too. Uh, the other question here, who wins the quarterback job? And can they improve the offense at all? Overall talent was upgraded through the portal. On defense, you got to be better against the run. Otherwise, there is zero chance for this team to do anything. They've got three transfer defensive linemen, two linebackers. That adjusted returning production at number 30 is is pretty good. Uh, however, their win total sits at one and a half. It is juiced to the over at minus 180. It is plus 150 on the under. I'm going to roll with the under. I, I feel so much better about these toss-up games, right? Uh, at New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico. Um, you know, toss in Arkansas State. It, UConn, Liberty, Army, Penn State. I mean, this schedule is ridiculous. So I think they can get the win over Merrimack in November. But I have very little faith in anything else besides that. I got them one and eleven. I think the ceiling for this team is four and eight. If you pull something like Florida International did last season, yeah, you could probably find four wins on here if you got lucky. But the floor, if you get beat up by Army pretty good, you got to come back home the next week against Merrimack. Maybe you lose that one too. Maybe the floor is zero and twelve. I've got them one and eleven, so I'm going to take the under at plus one fifty over at BetUS. Uh, not a great second season incoming for Don Brown, I don't think. Um, but I do think uh, UMass is is headed in the right direction. I just think this roster was down so bad, it's, it's going to take a while. And finally, the UConn Huskies, the last one that we'll be going over today. Uh, Jim Morris, second season, and he pulled a rabbit out of his hat last year. That's for sure. Went 6-6 six and six last year. Um, I... I'm curious about, well, six and seven, lost the bowl game. Let's go on and bring it up on your screen so you can see what I'm looking at. Uh, their postgame win expectancy last year, 6.29 and 5.71. It, it wasn't fluky. They played well in those games that they had to to win. Uh, they do lose some guys, but they're number 10 in the country in returning production. Over 76% adjusted returning production. Uh, offense is number 19. Defense is number 15. Their projected record is not great. I will say that 4.73 and 7.27 based on the schedule that they've got. I mean, these road games are, are pretty difficult, uh, but they've got a lot at home. That's the crazy part about this. Uh, you've got at Georgia state, you got at rice, you've got at Boston college at Tennessee at James Madison and the rest are at home. You got NC state coming in. You got Utah state coming in. You got South Florida coming in. So uh, you got Duke coming in as well. Uh, I don't feel great about the chances there, obviously, but regardless, uh, let's start out on offense. Last year, number 97 PPA per drive, so they weren't the most efficient, but they did find some explosive plays here and there. Uh, it was what it was, right? Uh, rushing success, number 68. They could not pass the ball. Part of that had to do with the fact that um, their quarterback got hurt. So that's not good. But either way, uh, the passing game was a disaster. They lost Roberson early. They did bring in three transfer wide receivers, so maybe that'll help. Uh, Nick Charlson, by the way, the offensive coordinator, he was formerly the OC and then the head coach at Maine, and he left the head coaching position in FCS to come be the offensive coordinator for Jim Morris. So something to pay attention to there. Uh, they've got four starting offensive linemen back. They're likely going to run, or excuse me, they're likely going to lean on the running game again uh, with their running backs, Rosa and Houston, back. Uh, 
that's what you need to know. Do we do we see any improvement in the quarterback game, or do they lean on the running game again? And with this schedule, you you might could make a bowl even just leaning on your running game again. It's entirely possible. And moving over to defense, Jim Mora Jr. is going to stay on as the defensive coordinator. Uh, he's got no plans to replace Spanos, who is now a defensive analyst at Ole Miss, um, and he's going to serve as D.C. again. The defense last year, number 77 in PPA per drive, the defense was actually better than the offense. As far as efficiency goes, they were number six in limiting explosive plays last year. That is a massive number, just massive number. Um, but overall, like number 113 in rushing success allowed, number 111 in passing success allowed. Turnover margin was pretty good. They did create some turnovers, and they didn't turn the ball over a lot. They didn't beat themselves. Uh, penalties, not great, number 101 in the country there. Uh, but the defense last year did improve, right? Uh, they averaged seven yards per play allowed in 2019. That was number 128 in the country. They didn't even play in 2020. Uh, they averaged 5.92 yards per play in 2021. They bring in Mora, and it's 5.51, all the way up to number 61. That's not bad. Uh, the secondary does have experience. They could be better with improved pass rush. Uh, they're returning 84% of their quarterback pressures. Um, and the fact that they held five opponents to 14 points or less is mind-blowing. Just crazy. They were number 10 in, in luck rank last year, so... When it comes to turnovers, when it comes to injuries, when it comes to uh, other teams missing field goals at opportune moments, you know, that kind of stuff, going for fourth down, not getting whatever. Uh, it, it really helped them out last year. So, again, I don't think the record was fluky, but there may have been some luck involved, as there is with every team when it comes to winning ballgames, right? They're projected favorites in four games. I've got six toss-ups. Toss-ups, again, are uh, games where the projected point spread is within one score. Keys to the season. The record wasn't fluky, but the schedule is tough this season. They're going to need to get a lot of wins at home. I just brought that up with the schedule. They're going to need to get those wins at home. Uh, they brought in transfer wide receivers to shore up the, the wide receiver court. They need more explosiveness and more consistency. Guys that can catch the ball along with quarterbacks that can actually get it to them. We need accuracy here uh, for that passing offense. They got to fix their penalties. Bottom line. Like, they were number 101. I brought that up, but gracious. Uh, you can't rely on the ball to bounce your way all the time. You got to improve that efficiency, both on offense and defense. Don't beat yourself. Just don't beat yourself. That's easy enough. Uh, take me off the screen here for just a minute so that you can actually uh, read this if you want to. I, I just talked about all that, but regardless. The record prediction. Looking at the schedule, the key portion of the schedule is weeks five through nine. I have them winning three of those games. There is a bye week in the middle there, but I have them winning three of those games. I have a record of six and six, so I've got them going over the win total of five, and to go over is plus 120. To go under is minus 150, so heavily juiced to the under. They expect it to go under, and I, I showed you that projected record, 4.73, uh, but I, I've got faith in them You know, maybe being able to eke out a win against USF, win on the road against Rice, Utah State. I've, I don't have a lot of faith in this year. Uh, I think they can get some of these wins. I, I trust Jim Mora quite a bit here. So the record prediction for me is six and six. Their ceiling, you get that passing game going a little bit, maybe you can beat Boston College. Maybe you can win on the road at Georgia State, right? It puts you at eight and four for a ceiling. 
The floor, however, is really, really low. If you deal with some injury issues, uh, all of a sudden you can't hold on to the ball. Your defense can't create turnovers. Uh, the defense isn't as good at stopping the explosive plays they were last year. You could be looking at three and nine. I that's that's the way that I would look at this. I think that they can make a bowl game again, uh, but this is a tough schedule for UConn. I I don't have a ton of faith, but I got some. I'd say what you want about Jim Mora. I think he's a pretty good ball coach. I like UConn a little bit this year, so I will take the over. Over plus 120 on five for their win total over at BetUS. Go, uh, go check it out over there. That's going to do it for today's Winning Cures Everything. The independents, uh, a lot of them I don't feel great about, but obviously we just talked about UConn. I do feel pretty good about them. All right, go check out winningcureseverything.com. If you've not already, subscribe to the channel and, uh, and make sure that you like this video. Give it a thumbs up. All the good stuff. You know how it goes. Uh, we will have more coming up later this week. Um, the Bet US College Football Show. Again, subscribe over there. Subscribe to the podcast, this podcast, and that one. Uh, go get signed up at Bet US. All those crazy things. But yeah, like the video, share it out, take your friends. This is a one man operation. I'm doing all this by myself. So every like, every subscribe, etc., helps me out tremendously. But that said, I think we're done here. I think we're done here. What a what another fun show. You guys know I love talking college football. And we are getting close to that season. All right, with that said, let's dive out. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.